And, and without a doubt, there can be times when we just, just randomly, and I think this happens a lot to a new Christian, I, I think. Uh, you just randomly open to a place, you might wind up in the middle of Ezekiel or in the Minor Prophets, and you don't know what's going on, you don't know the background story, you don't know nothing. It's hard to understand because you, you don't know any of the background story. So, so that's not any different than if you start watching Last of the Mohicans or the, well, Titanic would be a bad example. But, <laughs> you know, but, but any movie and you start in the middle of it, you're like, Who, who's that character? What's going on? I don't know. Do you say, well, this movie's hard to understand. I just give up. I won't even. No, you, you know that you need to start from the beginning and you need to understand the, 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 the context and the background stories and everything. It just takes a little bit of study is what I'm saying. Um, when we turn our brains on and actually seek to understand what God is telling, and I say that not harshly. I'm talking to myself, too. What I mean is sometimes we get to reading, and, and I, I, I do this at least once or twice a week. I read something, and I'll be multiple verses down or a chapter, and then I realize, oh, what I, I don't even know what I just read. I just read. You know, because my brain was just thinking or whatever. And I'm like, okay, let's go over this again. And sometimes I'll do that over and over, like, wow, what an idiot. I can't concentrate. Just focus. And uh, that happens too, amen. But, but, but if, we, if, we, if we use the logic and reasoning that God gave us, all of a sudden, all of a sudden now, then we become flooded with direction, with specific doctrines and teachings that he wants us to know. And it's really, really true. In this, in this book of Romans, we're only, we're only um, one and a half chapters in so far. And there's a lot of doctrine there. If you're reading it, it'd be easy just to pass through this stuff. But there's a lot here if we take time to really seek out what God has for us. Amen. Oh, up until now, just the first one and a half chapters, Paul is writing to the Christians in Rome. The main context has been, and I went over this last week, those who are saved and those who are lost. Amen. Uh, God is, number two, God has put the knowledge of himself upon the hearts of everyone that knows out without excuse. That's uh, the, the second half of Romans chapter one. That Paul then lays out the progression of sin, not just the wickedness of homosexuality. That's just one among a whole plethora of sexual sins outside of biblical marriage. Amen. And then ending up, to a place of reprobate, amen, laying it out. Specifically, specifically, I heard um, um, three different, uh, I don't know if they're Catholic, Catholic or Lutheran, um, say uh, on YouTube this week that uh, God never said anything about homosexuality. Well, he really specifically does, if we just look at the scripture, amen. When we get to, when we get to chapter 2, Paul tells us to judge righteously, how many times we, that's literally probably the most misquoted scripture in all, all the Bible is judge not lest you be judged. I mean, that is so out of context. Yeah, he says that, but then he says right after that, judge righteously. There's a right way to judge. And that, how do we do that? Through the filter of the word of God. Last week we saw in the beginning of chapter 2 how Paul, he toggled back and forth uh, uh, pointing out the, 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 the traits and the character qualities of those who are saved and those who are lost. Amen. Um, and then showing us that even, even those who are lost still have to answer to, the, to God on Judgment Day for the law that is written upon their hearts. And that was specifically laid out in the beginning of Romans chapter 2. In other words, there's no atheists, no real atheists, uh, just people that suppress the truth. 
Amen. We'll find as we go through Romans, I mean, we see the same pattern through Scripture, but particularly through Romans, Paul reiterates things. He reiterates things. Um, he's teaching us over and over, reiterating what he's showing us um, to, to get the point across, and we'll see that again tonight. Um, but, but, but that's just a, a bird's-eye view of what God's done and telling us in one and a half chapters. We're not, we, just, we just started, and I'm not even spending an in-depth amount of time on these things. It's not just a book, it's a library, and it's not just a library, it's, it's the living word, amen, it's, it's the word of God. And what, a, what, a, what an odd, awesome thought that God not only gave us his living word, but he, he literally wants us to understand his mind. The mind of every the, 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 the creator of the universe, and, 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 the, and he's outside of that. He's outside of the universe. We can't even, the, the, the God who created time, who created music, who created love, wants us to understand his mind. Let this mind be in you, which is in Christ, amen. Whew. I, that's, <laughs> amen. Brother Zollers, you open this message in a word of prayer, sir. Amen. So, continuing on our text, Paul, he continues in the same vein of thinking, and he turns his attention directly now in verse 17 to the Jews. And remember that this is a letter written to the Christians uh, uh, in, in Rome specifically. And specifically, now he's addressing, he begins to address the Jews. Look at verse 17. He says, Behold, thou art a Jew, and restest, in the law, and makest thy boast of God, and knowest his will, and approvest the things that are more excellent, being instructed out of the law, and art confident that thou thyself art a guide of the blind, a light of them which are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, which has from which has the form of knowledge and of the truth in the law. That what we just read was four statements that are about the Jews. In a nutshell. You find comfort in law. You brag about being God's chosen people. You know his will because you have the scriptures, amen. And you know that you are a light in a dark world. And then, and then you know that your job is to teach spiritual babes in Christ. And I'm reading this. I'm reading this last night. And doesn't that sound familiar? We, we, we can, we can put, point to all the same attributes to, to the Christian. We find comfort in the law, amen. We find comfort in the word of God. Uh, we, 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 we can boast about being a child of God, amen. We can know his will because we have his word. Uh, we know that we're light in a dark world, amen. We know that we ought to be teachers. Scripture tells us that. I would say this, that what is good, um, what is the word of God good for if we don't apply it? We use that verse all the time, uh, B, uh, in James, be 
doers of the word, not hearers only, right? Um, and I know I'm speaking to the choir on a Wednesday night, amen. But if we don't apply this to ourselves, And here's a great example. Paul is speaking directly to the Christians in Rome, the Jewish Christians in Rome. He's speaking directly to them. So what we could do is we could say, well, chapter, book, and verse, he's specifically directing this to them, and Christians do this. Like, that has nothing to do with us. Hold on. <laughs> if we don't apply these things, then, then all of a sudden, if, 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 if principle doesn't matter, if we can't draw anything out of principles that God teaches, then, then you're going to get some wacko doctrines. And people do. And people do. I believe that we can take from this talking to those who love the Lord and have a tendency to think more highly of themselves than they ought to. He's addressing these Jews saying he's basically um, um, getting on them for, for being like, well, we're Jews. You know, these are Gentiles that are Christians now. It, it's the same thing we see all the time, right? Uh, uh, all the disciples dealt with it. Peter, uh, Paul, uh, that, remember Paul had to, uh, was, he had to withstand Peter to the face? Uh, because they had constant issues with the Jews thinking that they're high and mighty and, and better than they were. Amen. Well, Paul's addressing those Jews right now. Amen. And if we, be, we would do good to put ourselves in that position to consider our own hearts. Amen. So the so last four verses, Paul, he made it really clear that Christian, how Christians ought to be. But then now he switches gears and he drives home the point with four questions in a row. Romans 2.21, he says, Thou therefore which teachest another. Remember, he's speaking to these Jews uh, th that are being uh, hypocritical. He says, Teachest not thyself. Thou that preachest a, a man should not steal, dost thou steal? And can't just jump in and say, If you ever teach a class or preach or, or, or show anybody anything, you learn it way more than just to study by yourself. You just do a study by yourself, you're, you're not going to soak it in near as much as when you study to show somebody else. It will stick to your bones like, like, like beef barley soup. I mean, it will stay in there. Um, it, it really makes a difference. Um, that's something else I was going to say about that. I took a one semester of, uh, it's called Faith Bible Institute years ago. Loved it. Loved it. Uh, I wish I could have stayed in it, but it just wasn't possible with, um, I, I had to leave the church. It was just one of them situations. Um, if you ever get the opportunity to do Faith Bible Institute, I highly recommend it. Um, but the, the teacher of it, he made a statement that, um, even if you come to class and you're not looking for the credits or whatever, please take the test. Because if you don't take the test, you're not going to soak it in near as much. And if we think about it, that's so true. Because when it came test time, there was a more earnest urge to learn it and understand it and really, really try to grab it as opposed to, well, I'm just going to kind of learn it and, you know, whatever. I mean, it's just for my own learning, it's good. Right. 
That's the difference of being a hearer and a doer. You know, a doer is going to really soak it in. Somebody who's really actively pursuing it. If you're just, just kind of listening and not doing anything with it, you're not going to soak it in. It's just, it's just the facts. Amen. Look at verse 22. He continues with these questions. He's saying, Thou that sayest a man should not commit adultery, dost thou, dost thou not commit adultery? Thou that abhorrest titles, dost thou commit sacrilege? Thou that makest boast of the law, through breaking the law, dishonorest thou God? And then Paul makes an offensive claim about these Jews that love the Lord. Look at this. He says, For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles through you, as it is written. Man, that's harsh. That's harsh. Can you imagine Pastor Ammon writing a letter to Hope Baptist Church? Uh, 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 see. Nope, this was addressed to the church. And <laughs> in, in, in saying, uh, you guys are an awful testimony. The, the city of Hymelus, uh, they're blaspheming God for you guys because of your testimony, because how, how wicked you've been, how unfaithful you've been because of whatever, you know, acting high and mighty, being hypocritical. Well, we'd be worried about everybody leaving the church if we did something over that. Amen. I didn't on Sunday, by the way. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But, but, but I see that. He says, for the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles for you as it is written. <clears throat> Number two things. Two things about this verse. Number one. Paul's rebuking the high and mighty self-righteous hypocrites. He's saying that you're an awful testimony because of your actions and your character. Number two, Paul says, as it is written. I enjoy that every time I see that, as it is written. Every time it's referenced. And, and I, I think I got a message started today at lunch for Sunday night uh, talking about prophecies uh, in the Old Testament concerning Jesus and how does the, the modern-day Jew uh, deal with that. I mean, it's just like prophecy after prophecy. There's 40 prophecies. Specifically, I think we're going to go over 10 of them, amen. Um, but, but, but Paul says, as it is written. He, he is literally acknowledging that the Jews are, in fact, the chosen people of God, for sure, by saying, as it is written, referring to Isaiah chapter 42, verse 6. And I think we're all there already. Isaiah 42, 6 says, I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness, and will hold thine hand, and will keep thee, and give thee for a covenant of the people, for a light of the Gentiles. He's talking about the Jewish nation here. To open the blind eyes, to bring out the prisoners from the prison, and put them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. I said Jewish nation. That's wrong. He's talking about spiritual Israel. He's always talking about spiritual Israel. Amen. Amen. What the Jews, I'll say this specifically, what the Jewish nation would, would often misunderstand back then and still today is that they're not God's chosen people because of their righteousness or because they do this and they keep this law and that law, and right? But rather they're God's chosen people because God had to choose a bloodline to bring salvation into the world. That's it. That's why God chose the Jews. I, you know, it's like, biblically, the Jews, I, I, God used them. Amen. What wonderful stories that, and heritage that they have that they can talk about. Man, you know, all the, 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 the people, and Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Jacob, Daniel, I mean, all these people that God used, awesome. 
lost my train of thought on that one. I had something good to say. God used them to bring Jesus into the world. That's a physical nation. But there's so many there's so many benefits to being a Jew, being spiritual Jew. And, and, and he hits that oftentimes. And I say spiritual, I'm talking about the inward man. The inward man. That's what's important. And, and God tried to show them that over and over again. It's a spiritual man. It's a spiritual man. But they kept thinking, oh, I'm a Jew. I'm a Jew. Remember when uh, John the Baptist was uh, calling them vipers and saying, oh, you just want to see. What are you here for? He said, I don't want to hear about you, the God of Abraham, blah, blah. He said, I don't want to hear it. They were high and mighty, and that, that, Paul's addressing that big time in this letter, amen. But the Son of God had to come through a bloodline, however he has, and he will abide in the heart of any man, woman, and child that, uh, of any race, of any skin color, of any time, amen. Paul goes on to say, back to our text, Romans 2, 25, he says, For the circumcision verily profiteth, if thou keep the law. But if thou be a breaker of the law, thy circumcision is made uncircumcision. I had to read this a few t- times, so let's read this slowly and go through it. We'll, we're not much longer. We'll, we'll be done. Probably five minutes. Therefore, if the uncircumcision, that's the Jews, keep the righteousness of the law, shall not his uncircumcision be counted for circumcision? If you read it by itself, it might slow you down, but read the next verse. And shall not uncircumcision, which is by nature, he's talking about just being the natural man. If it, is, uh, if it fulfill the law, judge thee, who by the letter and circumcision does transgress the law. I had to dwell on this and read it over and over again to make sure I had it right. He's saying as if the Gentiles are living obediently according to the word of God. Who are you, O Jew? an old Christian, to think that they're not a child of God, that they couldn't have just accepted Christ as their Savior. Only God knows if they're saved or not. Whenever, whenever we see this in Scripture where they say, like, oh, Jew, uh, that always, always, always reminds me of my dad. Uh, my dad um, adopted when he became a Christian, and, he, and my dad was a studier, man. He was a studier and a faster and a prayer. And he adopted the terminology, and, and, um, and he would say things like, uh, I would say, Dad, I couldn't find it. He would say, okay, O eagle eye. Uh, or I would do something with carpenter. He would say, okay, O carpenter, as if to say, like, I totally missed the mark. Paul does that all the time. Amen. Look, back to our text, verse 28. For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, Neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men but of God. I preach this many times, and Paul's reiterating it. It doesn't matter if you're a a, a Jew that doesn't get you into heaven. That that just your, your nationality, great. There's great heritage there, but it's all about the inward man. It's all about the inward man, your spiritual man. He's saying, who cares what their nationality is? He's saying, forget that they're Gentiles. Forget whatever past they came from. They're now a part of the family of God. 
It's not about if they're a Jew or not. It's, it's about if they're a spiritual Jew. In fact, it always has been that way. The family of God isn't a nation of Jews. It's not physical. It's spiritual. That's why, that's why you can be saved. doesn't happen often at all, but you can be saved in different denominations. Amen. Some denominations, I would say it's near impossible. But anybody can be saved. Anybody can be saved. Anybody. Black, white, Asian, uh, 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 whatever. Lutheran, Catholic, Pentecostal. Uh, uh, um, Brother Schlabert was a um, uh, Satan worshiper. Amen. He got saved out of that. The problem is when you're not looking to the word of God, you can get saved and be just like those seeds get get stuffed by the wayside and get choked out because you're not in the word. You're not grounded in the word. Amen. We all know that. I'm preaching to the choir. Where was I? Oh, jump to Romans chapter 9, verse 3. A couple of scriptures. We'll close out here. I said five minutes, five minutes ago. Two minutes will be done. Romans chapter 9, verse 3. This, this completely ties in with what he just said. He says, for I could wish that myself were a curse from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. He's saying, man, I'd kill myself if it would save everybody. That's what he's getting at here. He says, who are Israelites, to whom, to whom pertaineth the adoption and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law and the service of God and the promises, who are the fathers and of whom, as concerning the flesh, Christ came, who is over all, God blessed forever. Amen. Not as though the word of God came uh, not as though the word of God had taken none effect, for they are, this is like the key, I have it highlighted in my Bible, for they are not all Israel, which are of Israel. And anybody who thinks that any sacrifice or keeping of the law got you into heaven would have a hard time with this verse, because if you're of Israel and you kept the law, then you were of Israel, Amen. But he says, for they are not all Israel, which are of Israel. Verse 7, neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they the children, but in Isaac shall thy seed be called. That is, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are accounted for the seed. If you are a Jew today, you have to, you have to, have to deny the New Testament because of verses like that. That is, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God. He's saying just because you're a Jew by nation does not mean you're a child of God. They're not all Israel that are of Israel. Amen. Turn to one more scripture and we'll close. Galatians chapter 3, verse 27. Galatians chapter 3, verse 27. Oh, good. I'm glad this was here. This came to my mind. I wanted to try to quote it. I thought, man, I don't know it good enough to quote it. Luckily, last night I put it in the end of the message here. Galatians chapter 3, verse 27 says, for as, many as, for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christ, this is so important, then ye are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. I'm sorry to the modern day Jew, but, but, but this is what salvation is. We are, we are heirs according to the, 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 the promised seed, amen, of Abraham. 
we get to partake in all those benefits. It has nothing to do with the nationality of uh, Israel. It's all about the spiritual, the spiritual birth, amen, the spiritual family. We're, we're part of the family of God, not because we're born a Jew, amen, but we are one inwardly. And that is what Paul is trying to say, and I stumbled and stammered tonight to say it, amen.